The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. We are back here live after our brief Memorial Day break. It was a short week for a lot of people this week, but it doesn't mean that there's not a lot of stuff to talk about from the world of soaps. In fact, we can actually talk about things that happened last week since we were on a repeat. During this hour, this is going to be an hour where you control the destiny of the show. We're going to talk about anything that you would like to talk about. That includes All My Children, The Bold and the Beautiful, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, One Life to Live, The Young and the Restless, The Daytime Emmys, anything soap-related that you want to talk about, that's what we're going to talk about here on the show. So bearing that in mind, if you don't call in, you're going to hear me babble for an hour, maybe do some finger puppets, and if the show tanks, I'm blaming you. (laughs) But that being said, I'm sure that that won't be the case because we have some excellent folks who have already sent in messages by email and Twitter with questions that they have and comments. I'll be reading some of those. But as I said, we are going to be talking to you all hour, so give us a call on the call-in line. It's 866 472-5788, and we can talk about whatever you'd like. We can find out what's hot or what's not on your favorite soap, your favorite character, your favorite couple, which storylines are driving you crazy, anything that you may want to get off your chest. Again, the call-in number is 866-472-5788. It's toll-free. You can also send your questions on Twitter. I'm poking around over at Soap Central Live. You can... Do whatever you'd like over there. If for some reason you don't want to share your, your comments here on the air, if you're shy, if you're at work and you're, you're not supposed to be listening to the show, whatever the reason. And as I said, there's a lot to talk about. Let me give you just a rundown of a list of some of the things that I've come up with. Maybe one of these will spark something in you and you'll give a call in. For all my children, we can talk about the cutback to two episodes per week. We can talk about Celia's Mystery Man. We can talk about some complaints that folks had that the Cassandra kidnapping storyline is a little too real in spite of some of the incidents that happened recently in Ohio. On The Bold and the Beautiful, there's the exit of Hunter Tylo, uh, Jacqueline McInnes Woods taking her break. And the big sort of rumbling is the show preparing to recast the role of Ridge Forrester. I know there were some very strong opinions about that on Twitter so far. I'd love for you to call in and and vocalize what you want to talk about. We'll get to, uh, we have some calls on the line, but let me just finish giving you some of the rest of these topics and see if any of them interest you. We'll be talking about Y&R in a second. On General Hospital, I know a lot of people want to talk about the return of the so-called Landview 3 as new characters. I don't want to mention one of the characters' names because it drives me absolutely crazy, but if we have to, we will discuss that silly little nickname. 
One Life to Live. We can also talk about the cutback to two episodes, the mystery tattoo, who's bothering Todd, who wants Victor dead again on The Young and the Restless. We can talk about Michelle Stafford leaving, the return of Cameron Grimes. Will she be Cassie? Will she be someone else? How will the rapid aging of other characters affect that story? And of course, we can also reflect on the Jeannie Cooper tribute that aired earlier this week. We are going to start off with The Young and the Restless. We're going to take a call from one of our loyal listeners up in Canada. We have Sophia on the line. Sophia, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Oh, hi, Dan. Thank you so much for that nice introduction. Well, it's nice that we have, uh, you know, we love first-time listeners who call in with their first questions. I know a lot of people are nervous about that, but we also love the people who listen every week and maybe always want to call in or don't always have the chance to call in. I know that we've spoken uh, a couple of times in the past, and obviously you're topic today is the young and the restless i talked about michelle stafford cameron grimes the Jeannie cooper tribute or any of those three one of the reasons that you're calling in um not really what i wanted to say about YNR was even though i do have thoughts on all of those things is that, <laughs> is that i feel like this is the only show that that didn't pull me in during a, a sweeps period and i just feel like i don't even recognize the show that i am watching anymore i don't even you know like just can i just say dylan and avery overload (laughs) then it's interesting that you're saying that because i I know that a lot of folks have been on the internet chittering and chattering about an interview that maria bell gave with soap opera digest where they sort of asked her opinions of what's going on on the young restless now that she's out and to explain the the emmy process what shows they picked for their emmy reels and it was funny to me that her main complaint and this was something that was pointed out to me by another loyal Canadian listener, Angela, who said that Maria just sort of was upset by the fact that there weren't a lot of the veterans, the people that uh, fans care about on the show. And that what Ange pointed out is that was one of the reasons that a lot of people were unhappy with Maria Bell's stories, because she sometimes forgot about the vets and wanted to focus on other characters. So I'm guessing from you... Would any level of Dylan and Avery be okay as long as it was balanced, or do you just not want to see that storyline at all? I just, I feel like at this point, um, I don't even want to see it. It's been done to death. I don't know if I can bear to hear that song one more time. (laughs) (laughs) I I want something more than that song. Um, And just on on the note of, of music, you know, just Steve Burton comes on, and he already has two of his own, he is a music, he has actually two of his own songs. He has that song with Avery, then he actually has a song that that they play as an underscore with Chelsea. And one thing that, I don't know, in my point of view, the the show's underscores are are almost like an important veteran character. It's it's something that's in the background, but it can help, that the presence of the right music can help make or break a scene. And it seems like they've just completely thrown out all of the uh, the previous underscores and just started introducing new music that doesn't really, in my opinion, match with the tone of the show or the heart of the show or even the characters. Like there was one, there was there were points in the show where, in the past, sorry, I'm not being very articulate today, where, you know, if it was a scene where a character was being wistful or sad, you, you know the... the Absolutely. That, you know, and I just... That's another reason why I don't feel like I can... I really know 
what this show is anymore. There's there's not this sense of, of going home when I'm watching the show. No, that, that's interesting, which uh, I know that you didn't necessarily call in for these topics, but when you're talking about that sense of home, mm-hmm. uh, obviously Jeannie Cooper's passing was something that certainly could not be uh, a planned for, and right. that's going to be a big hole that the show will have to find a, a way to sort of work around. But Michelle Stafford, who, you know, love Phyllis or hate Phyllis, as she seems to be a very divisive character, Michelle Stafford is still a big presence on the show, so you're having, in the course of a, a short period of time, two veteran performers that will no longer be available to the canvas. Does, do you think that YNR needs to reach out to actors from the past to bring them back, to bring back that sense of home? Or is that something that maybe they need to start moving away from and just focus on this next generation of characters? Well, I feel like they already have enough longtime characters on the show that they could increase the focus on. I mean, with Nikki, she has, okay, she has MS, but we haven't seen any part of that story play out beyond her and the doctor who is her MS doctor, who's also, you know, Adam's orthopedic surgeon, who's also a fertility specialist. We don't see anything beyond the doctor and Nikki having some light flirtation at the GCAC, and that's it. I think that's a good point. I think I I found that that one of the things that perhaps might make you feel better in the future is that if we give you your own underscore music that when you call back next time on the show <laughs> I can play a little theme music to set the mood so people will know that it's you you'll feel at home and you'll you'll feel like a a long time player oh thanks Dan I hope that that helps we'll work on that I'll see what I can come up with but thank you Sophia so much for calling in okay thank you bye bye we're going to turn from Y&R briefly and head over to its sister soap, The Bold and the Beautiful, and take a call from Carrie from Massachusetts. You're on Soap Central Live. Hello, Dan. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? Good. So you'd um, like to talk about The Bold and the Beautiful. There were a couple of things that I mentioned in the, the intro, uh, Hunter Tylo, Jackie Wood, uh, the possible recast of Ridge, or any of those three things that sparked you to call in, or is there something else that you'd like to talk yeah, about? Yeah, all, all the above. Um, <laughs> okay, let's start with the top. First of all, I'm a huge Jack, Jacqueline fan, and I've seen differing you know, reports. Is she going? Is she coming back? Is she going recurring? Is she not? My head's going to spin, but I hope to, I hope to the heavens above that she comes back because the show cannot afford to lose her. She is the only saving grace to me right now on that show because if I have to look at Brooke one more time, you know, do this whole pregnancy dance with somebody inappropriate, I think I'm going to scream. <laughs> don't scream. I don't want to scare off any of our listeners. But I agree with you on the fact of uh, I have to admit that there are certain characters that just in my head, maybe based on storylines or silly things that go on, they sort of make me write them off as fluff. I have to tell you, and these will be posted over the course of the weekend, but I'm actually predicting that I think Jacqueline McKinnis Wood, who not only has the longest name in soap opera history possibly, uh, but I think that she may be the winner for Outstanding Younger Actress this year at the Daytime Emmys. I was really impressed with her reel. It was, uh, it sort of moved me. It had a whole lot of different stuff there. So I can see why you would say that it would be a big loss to the show because, again, you have someone who really does give a really fine performance. Do you know if she, is she coming back or is she going for good? Because I and I am also dreading when Hunter Tyler leaves too because that's that's another void that you know they're gonna have to fill. 
Absolutely. Well, right now, the show is insisting that she will be back, that she's just taking a break. They're not saying why or, or what's going on. But I think it was back in 2010, she took a break from the show to film one of the uh, uh, Final Destination movies. I think it was Final Destination 5. So she was away for a little bit of time. So I know that she likes to do outside projects. I know that that's something that's always on her plate. And I'm guessing that that was written into her contract to allow her to do that. But, uh, I mean, certainly if I were the bold and the beautiful, I would do whatever I needed to do to keep her around. Because whether or not you you like the character or not, for what two years now would you say they've been building so much of the storyline around three particular characters and to lose one of them would be a, a really a big deal they would sort of have to completely reshuffle the canvas and come up with new stories on the fly yeah and, and especially on the heels of losing susan and, and ron which brings me to my next point i generally in soaps i am resistant to a recast but i realize it's necessary and actually with the bold and the beautiful I think they need some version of Ridge because his absence is really, to me, it's really noticeable these days. I I agree. You know, I agree. I'm trying to figure out, though, how fans are going to respond if they bring the character back and it's not Ron Moss. I posted it on Facebook and Twitter, and people were up in arms and and ready to run me out of of Soap Town for uh, suggesting that the role would be recast. But there are certain roles on Soaps that I think if you, for whatever reason, can't get the performer back, they're just too important to pretend like they, they don't exist, to pretend that they're off screen. I think that not having Ron Moss back for the departure of Susan Flannery when, I mean, Ridge was nowhere to be found, I think that they could have certainly done a lot more stuff to make that powerful, even if he wasn't coming back full term. So I'm with you. I think that something needs to be done. But, you know, what do you think the show should do? I I personally think, and I feel this way, just even even on One Life to Live with the character of John McBain. I mean, if the actors don't want to come back, what is the show supposed to do? Is it the optimum solution? No, but I mean, to me, the absences really are glaring at this point on both and on both those fronts. I agree. I mean, I guess it's only a matter of time. From everything that I'm hearing, it looks like the character is going to be recast. It hasn't been confirmed, obviously, by the show, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what fans have to say when that happens and what i would like to do is to have you on standby for when that does happen and after those first appearances pop in i want to see if you still feel the same way that you do now about having the the character come back regardless of the performer so hopefully you'll be able to call back when that all plays out yeah and just i i I, uh echo what the previous caller said as far as young and the restless and the, the certain people that are getting screen time and not I think the show has never been faced, like you said, they couldn't, you know, Jeannie's passing was something out of their control, but Absolutely. they've never dealt with losing, you know, Jeannie and now Mr. Michelle Stafford. It's a pretty precarious time, I think, for them. Well, I guess it's only a matter of time to see what happens. I, I want to get to some other callers, so I want to thank you so much for okay. calling in. Thank you. Have a great weekend. We're going to switch gear yet again, just to let you know that we have Kim, David, Casey, Matt, and Vicky on the line. We're going to get to you, so hang on. Right now, we're going to Brooklyn with Roland to talk about One Life to Live. I love that abbreviation my engineer uses, and GH. So what do you have to say about, which uh, show do you want to start with, Roland? Do you want to talk about One Life to Live or GH? Hi, Dan. Um, I just wanted to talk about um, the whole... Uh, three characters going to GH. 
All right. (laughs) Let's break them down individually, and we'll start off with the new John McCain. Awful. All three. All three. (laughs) Is there one that's less awful than the others? (laughs) Less awful. I mean, I would say Kristen Alderson. I mean, she she plays it okay. I mean, she's an actor; she does it okay. It's just you know when you get used to somebody playing a character for such a long time, especially on that show, because she was playing Star in GH as well, and now she's playing somebody else. I mean, it's kind of strange. Let me ask you this. If it had been done differently, if they had brought back uh, Kristen Alderson this month and Roger Howarth next month and then uh, Michael Easton the following month, would it have bothered you as much if they were spread out, or is it just because they're all at once that it's troubling to you? I mean, that would be actually different. I mean, I mean, it was okay because, first of all, you know, they came all three at once when they were playing their own characters. Mm-hmm. And now they came back all three at once as different types of characters. It's just weird. And so, I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel it's weird because, first of all, I'm really upset with that because when I read Prospect Park, said they will deal with the whole thing. They said with ABC, we can work something out, but ABC decided to be stubborn and said, you know what, we don't need you. We'll do something else. And they did do they did do something else, and I you know I'm hoping that in the course of this hour, I see that there's a, a caller later who wants to talk about it as well. So perhaps we'll see if it's a universal thumbs down or if there are people out there who actually like it. I want to thank you so much for calling in. Okay, thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye. We're going to stick in New York and go to Kim, who wants to talk about the Young and the Restless. I think this might be Kimberly. Kim, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi. Yes, it is. It's me again. Um, I have to say, I've been a little saddened by what they're doing to the Lauren character on the show. I used to love and respect her. I thought she had integrity, but now they have her fooling around with some bartender that's wrecking her marriage. I mean, where do they come up with that? It's so stupid. And they don't even mention her other son, Scotty, who's supposed to be God knows where, all the focus is on Ben. I mean, it, it's crazy. They're not um, doing justice to her character. So if you were writing this, because, you know, here's the thing. No happy couple on soap seems to last particularly long. Uh, you know, they say that they're boring and all that other stuff. If you were writing this, what would you do? You Obviously, you don't like the fact that they're wrecking the marriage. So as a, if they were still a happy couple... What sort of storyline would you come up for them that would keep it interesting but still have them happily married? Yeah, I don't know, but I think that right now her other son should enter the picture and maybe straighten them out or something or help his brother. I just, I'd rather see them do anything but this because I never thought that Lauren would be just like everyone else on the show. Uh, That's why I liked her, because she was loyal, she was determined, she knew what she wanted. Unlike these wafflers, you know, like (laughs) Sharon, she'll just be with anybody for the sake of being with somebody. But Lauren was different, and now she's no different than anyone else on the show. And I think that's really sad. You know, it... It is, I think, I get what you mean, because I've seen that on, on other shows 
where it's sort of, there's a character that has their own definition, and then they sort of looks like they maybe don't have an idea anymore, and then they make that character less special by giving them a storyline that any other character could have had. So let's end on a happy note with you, well, sort of. Um, what were your thoughts on the tribute to Jeannie Cooper? So many people thought that it was, it was, it was so wonderful. I thought it was fantastic. I had actually never seen those old black and white photos when she was young. I always saw her, you know, as an older character. I thought it was great. I'm surprised they didn't bring on more of the characters in the show like they had a couple people from bold and the beautiful and they didn't have adrian france i mean i know amber was like a really good friend of hers for a while i was kind of surprised that she didn't comment but i loved all the stories they told and when they said that she had a nickname for everybody i thought that was really great too that made me laugh because I have a nickname for everyone, at least in my head. I don't always share them. Uh, but Kimberly, I want to thank you so much for calling in sure. and sharing your thoughts. Okay. We are going to have a tic-tac-toe, three in a row from New York. We're going to take a call from David, who wants to talk about General Hospital and One Life to Live. David, welcome to Soap Central Live. Oh, thank you, Dan. So, how are you today? I'm doing, I'm doing fine. It's warm up here. It's warm down here in Philadelphia as well. I think it was 94, 95 today. I like it. I know other people think it's too hot too soon. Eh, but we're talking about too hot too soon. You want to talk about General Hospital and One Life to Live. Is there anything on either of those shows that you think is absolutely sizzling hot? Well, uh, yeah, I, I am particularly... Um I I like Franco. Okay. This time around. This time around. So you much, were you were never in the past. Okay. I was Why never not? much of uh, well, before, but I think Roger puts a new a new spin on it, and maybe because there's a, maybe because I can see a little bit of Todd in Franco. Okay. And hmm. I mean, I think he's. He's playing it differently. He's not as he's not as a much twisted as James was playing it. That's interesting that you say that you see a little bit of maybe Todd in this character this time around. Do you think that that's part of what they were trying to do? Obviously, fans have loved Roger Howarth as Todd for what is it twenty years? I guess give or take. Yeah. So. I think it's smart in that regard then to put elements of a character that you're no longer allowed to use into another character so that the actor doesn't suddenly have to be too far away from what fans have known and loved. But the question I have is, are they trying too hard now to redeem the character of Franco? Franco, I mean, there was really nothing good about the character in the past. Everything oh. he did was evil. And now it seems that they've started to move to maybe try to undo some of the damage because I think that might be the only way to keep the character around long term. Is that yes. just me thinking or is that something that crossed your mind as well? That is something that crossed my mind as well. I wasn't expecting I wasn't really expecting Franco. I, I really wasn't know what to expect at at that point when Roger was returning. I mean, I I had I had Jason on my mind as well. 
I actually did. I was wondering if they were doing a false lead up, if they were going to say that, uh, you know, Jason was really Franco and Franco was really Jason. And I, I expected all kinds of craziness. So it was almost a letdown because everybody seemed to assume that he was going to be Franco. And then when it happened, I was like, OK, so everybody on the Internet was pretty much right. Uh, so that was and, maybe and one the blonde bit of hair thing. threw me off completely. So I just <laughs> it did. It still actually throws me off quite a little bit. But David, I want to thank you so much for calling in to talk about the new Franco. Thank you very much, Dan. We are ending our East Coast streak. We're going to move to the industrial Midwest. I guess they still call it. Take a call from Casey from Michigan, who wants to continue the discussion about GH One Life to Live and also all my children. So, Casey, welcome to Subcentral Live. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm actually doing pretty good. So we've done a little bit of GH and One Life to Live talk. Let's scoot around and get some AMC talk in here. What was it about All My Children that made you want to call in today? I am really enjoying um, the sex trafficking story with Cassandra. I am a new viewer of One uh, AMC. Okay. And um, I didn't think I would like it at first when it was on on TV, and then I I decided to give it a try when I okay. was on. Um, I decided to watch one like so. I I actually came to like it. That story kind of got me hooked. So let me just make sure that I'm I'm hearing you correctly. You did you did watch AMC and didn't like it when it was on TV, or you just didn't think that you'd like AMC when it was I, on TV and figured I you'd give it a try think now. I didn't like it. My mom said she didn't like it, so I was just like, oh, must be bad then. So <laughs> okay. I never really watched it, but I actually started watching it online when it got on. And I actually, I was just like, oh my gosh, this isn't bad. I don't know where my mom's been, but this isn't bad. <laughs> Maybe she needs to, to revisit and see some of these things. One of the things, you know, it's difficult to say that you're enjoying a storyline that's so dark. I find myself, I say the same thing too, and I'm like, well, gee, I don't feel like I should be enjoying a storyline that's really horrible in, in terms of what they're talking about. Is this like anything you've seen, taking the, the movie Taken out of it, I don't think anything sort of this dark and this really, really in-depth has been done on a soap before they've done, you know, bad storylines, but they, they sort of got to a point and they didn't cross over it. To me, I think that they've really crossed that line here on this online version of all my children. Yeah, I totally agree. So while we're talking about that, you said that you didn't think you'd like AMC. Were you watching any soaps other than AMC before you picked it up? Or are you a whole all new soap viewer? Um, Okay, let's just say this. I am a younger viewer, so okay. um, I kind of get introduced to soaps, like, from my mom, like, a few years ago. Okay, good. Um, I started watching General Hospital. I used to sneak down. I, I already told Richard this, like, on one of the podcasts um, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to sneak downstairs, and I used to um, <laughs> watch um, General Hospital with my mom. She told me to go to bed. I don't. I don't know why I didn't want to sleep in my bed, but for some reason <laughs> okay. I didn't. Um, so I used to sneak down the couch. My mom just told me shut my eyes. Nope. Start watching General with her. I'm just like, what's up with Sonny? He's kind of creepy and all that. <laughs> Do you? Um, are you still watching GH to this day? Oh yes. Oh yes. It's my favorite soap. Okay. So what about GH right now? Is what makes it your favorite? Um. 
I like a lot of storylines. I I am a huge fan of Michael Easton. I'm a huge fan of Kelly Monaco. I love their work. Um, I went back and watched, used to watch, I went back about a year ago and watched Port Charles. I fell in love with that. Um, I actually started watching when I think it was like closer to the end of Franco's, James Franco's, Franco's reign. And the, I think the earliest thing I can remember is Lisa Niles being murdered. Oh, okay. Yes. Crazy so, Lisa. Okay, so have you now given any thought to picking up any other soaps? So you know you love GH. You're surprised that you like all my children. Is there any any interest in checking out something else to see what the the buzz is about? I've been trying days, but I'm not so hooked yet. So I pretty much I know EJ, Sammy, Gabby, pretty much Will. That's it. Okay. Um, all I know about the baby storyline a little bit, and that's pretty much it. I think it's good. I mean, certainly one of the things that you can always remember is you can go to SoapCentral.com and you can poke around our character profiles. If there's ever someone who you don't know what their story is or how they're related to people, we've tried to do the best that we can to, I mean, sometimes soap stories are absolutely crazy, but we've done our best to try to break it down and make it a little easier to follow so you can find out, you know, who has a past history of dating and who is related to who and then who used to be related to someone. But now because of a DNA test, they're no longer related to someone. So that's always something that may help you keep sort of your idea of, of what's going on a little bit clearer. Cause I know it's very confusing to jump into a soap midstream, particularly after there's already 40 years of history going on on the show. So mm-hmm. I want to thank you so much though for calling in and for the first time here to talk to me and maybe we'll hear from you again. Okay. Thanks That's so much. Night. Bye. We almost had four in a row. We are one caller uh, intercepted here, but we're going to go back to New York to talk about all my children and one life to live with Matt. Matt, welcome to soap central live. I thought I was going to be four in a row. <laughs> I was. I saw that. I'm like, oh, do I want to do the four in a row? But then people <laughs> think that I'm I'm faking the the order here. I'm going straight down the row. And just to let everyone know before we get to you, Matt, we've got Vicky coming up. We have Ange coming up. We have Jay coming up. And for any of you who also want to call in, like. Matt has just done. Call us at 866-472-5788. We can talk about anything that you'd like from the world of soaps, just like what is it that you want to talk about, Matt? Well, I have a comment, and actually then I have a couple questions for you because I know you'll know the answers. It's, it's really interesting to me when the end of AMC was awesome, but before, I would say maybe five or six months before Lorraine Broderick came back, I was, I, I was watching, but I was really thinking One Life to Live was so much better, and I was really loving, loving One Life to Live. But when they both came back on, what I found interesting is that I am really, really, really liking all my children. I really am. I I really, I like, not that I don't like One Life to Live, but I'm not very happy with all, I think One Life to Live is a little bit too, they're much more edgy, which kind of, I don't know, I'm just not, I'm not feeling like the shelter and all that kind of things. But I think all all my children does huh? it mean you're getting old? If is it too young for you? Have you have you joined us on the other side of the hill? Uh, well, I'm I'm probably climbing <laughs> down the hill at this point, but not, I'm still pretty much at the top. Okay, that that's that's what we like. I'm I'm at the top of that hill too. So we'll, See, we'll stay there for a I don't while. know. It's just I I don't I don't find enough. I, I don't know. I just found all my children 
to capture me more. And I, I absolutely must say some of their recast people on All My Children, I really was very leery about. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to like this. I, I like the new JR a lot. I really do. I, I like him a lot. I like the fact that they aged the kids. I like the AJ recast. I, I like the Miranda. I like them. I like almost all of them. And I think All My Children really balanced, and I was really surprised that I would like this because with so many new characters, but yet exactly. there's, yep. there's a good balance. That's sort of what I was afraid of. And, and like you, I was absolutely convinced that One Life to Live would be the stronger of the two soaps coming back. Uh, and I mean, this is coming from someone who's admittedly, you know, All My Children's biggest fan. Woohoo, look at me. Uh, I, I really did. I thought that All My Children would struggle because it didn't have as many in terms of a volume of its older uh, characters played by actors that we know coming back. And somehow, even with fewer of them to choose from, granted the characters are all mostly ones that we already know of, but in right. terms of, of actors-wise. So I was concerned, but there's it's being done in such a way that it doesn't really register. I mean, it doesn't... We've got Pete, okay? I mean, it's a different actor, but... I know him, at least in my head, so it doesn't yep. bother me. Uh, and, and it's sort of, they've been able to mesh that in such a way, even with some of the sort of secondary characters, like Jane at the coffee house, who hasn't really had a story yet. I'm sure one's coming. But, you know, it, it's not out of character. She knows these people because I guess she's known them on screen that we haven't seen for five years. So I, she has, like, that relationship. She sort of knows them. And, and, you know, you have Evelyn, who has that tie to Celia, and they did a good job by sort of tying them to other characters so far as well. So I'm with you. I really am surprised for me, too, that One Life to Live isn't the one that's just knocking it out of the park, that that was the one that seemed to me to have the easiest time to relaunch. Well, and my, my only concern actually leads me to one of my questions for you, is that I, I know that they've scaled them back to the two episodes, which is, I understand the reasoning, although it disappoints me. But I'm, I'm wondering if, and hoping with the new writers, and, and that they will actually maybe pick up the pace a little. I think with the two episodes a week, I think they need to step up you know, a little bit of the taste. To, well, and, and I've also wondered, if, will they make episodes slightly longer? Well, that's sort of what I'm wondering. For me, one of the drawbacks of choosing to go to two episodes now is that when these were taped, and I'm assuming when they were edited, they were under the uh, uh, the idea that they would still be airing four times a week. So right. now the show that aired today really would have made, or, or all my children's show that aired on Wednesday may have really only have been a Tuesday episode or a Monday episode or something like that. So you don't necessarily have what the big cliffhanger would have been if it were the original Thursday episode. I'm hoping that makes sense to everybody, because they were originally at four, so when they were planning them, that Thursday's episode would have had a big cliffhanger. But now that they're right. showing them on two, the episode that you have to wait from Wednesday to Monday on may not actually have that big cliffhanger that makes you, you want to tune in. So I'm concerned about that until they get to the point. But yeah. my thought is... And I know people will out there will, will throw stones at me. If they're going to do two shows and have them only be 25 minutes, they should just do one episode of an hour and do it one hour per week rather than two 30 minutes. Or, hang in there, everybody. Don't get the stones yet. Do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday and bump it up maybe an additional 10 minutes. Uh, or even if you keep it you know, two days a week, add another 10 minutes or so in there just to make it feel like you're 
getting a little more. That would be great, but I guess they can't do that now because these shows have already been cut and edited, and to go back and revamp them would probably cost way too much money. Was kind of what I was thinking. Was also, was kind of was, I was hoping is that you know, as, as, and with the new writers, I guess too, I would imagine hopefully they'll step up, you know, the pace slightly. What about flashbacks? Because if if the license for the shows went to Prospect Park, do they have license to use flashbacks? That's what I was wondering. I was told originally that that would include the ability to show other scenes. Now they haven't done that so far. Um, no. I don't think they showed. I mean, certainly they could have shown a Billy Clyde Tuggle something somewhere, or, yeah. or you know, just oh, to, to do it. So it makes me wonder why they didn't, and if they do have the license to the old episodes, why perhaps they didn't when they go to this new schedule. Why didn't they choose to show a classic episode of one of the oh, shows? Oh, that's an interesting thought. You know, they could have done Monday, Wednesday, Friday for each of the shows. Done a classic episode on a oh. Tuesday that would have filled in the blanks of past storylines, and then they could have still done the more thing, uh, whatever it's called, more all my children and one life to live. They could have shown that on a Thursday or something, and still had a full week of shows and funneled oh, around that, that way. Idea. Wow. Nobody asks me though. <laughs> they they ought to talk to you more often. <laughs> I, I'm always here. The I, I very rarely uh, put my phone on ignore, so they are more than welcome to call me. I don't make it hard to find. I have multiple points of contact. So Prospect Park, feel free to reach out. You said that there was one other what question the, that you had. What, let me ask you. Let you ask that before we move on to the next yeah, caller. Just one one quick question. Sure. Roger Howarth is still showing up on One Life to Live. What's the story on that? Is he he's obviously back on GH? So are they, there's been no word that I've read. Are they recasting Todd or are they just going to get rid of him? I don't think that they want anyone to know, um, to ah. be completely honest. And if you, I was actually looking through some of the statements that were released before, and it was only stated that Roger Howarth would be taping at One Life to Live and General Hospital, or would be appearing on One Life to Live General Hospital. They didn't say if that meant appearing on an ongoing basis or if they meant, like it is right now, he is technically appearing on both. And that at some point in time, the one life to live one will end. Um, certainly, he would have to keep dyeing his hair back and forth, which I'm sure isn't good for his scalp. Uh, I know nothing about that. I'm just trying to come up with something off the top of my head of you know what they would need to do to go back and forth. Uh, but no one's really saying that. And I think part of that is by design, because if they mention that he's going to be short term on one life to live, there may be people who are upset and decide to tune out or, or something like that. Yeah, I just was, I was like, there's no news. I said, if anybody will know, Dan will know. Yeah, they've kept that and a lot of other things really, really guarded. But as soon as I know, and if uh, I find out before I'm allowed to tell, I'll wait until I'm allowed to tell, and I'll make sure that everybody gets that information. So I want to thank you for calling in. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate everything you do. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to stay here on the East Coast and go up to Vicky from Connecticut who wants to talk about Franco. Vicky, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hey, Dan. How are you today? Well, I don't know what to think. I mean, my jury's still out on Franco, but, you know, like okay. I, I was I was on the message boards on Soap Central this morning, and there's so many strong opinions either way, and I don't know what to think. I, I just want to wait it out and see what's going to happen. I trust Ron and Frank, you know? Well, let me ask you the question that I asked a, a couple of callers back. I think it was to, uh, possibly it was David. Um, not sure. But I said, would it have been better, do you think, if they had introduced these three characters in a staggered manner where they weren't all back on the same day, 
would that have made it easier? Or do you think that fans still would have had that strong opinion one way or the other? There seems to be no happy middle. It's either you love them well, or you hate them. The majority of the strong feelings about Roger are more about the fact that he's playing Franco than the fact that he's not Todd. Um, I was a one life fan, you know, first and foremost, and I watched General Hospital in the 90s, and I got back into it because the One Life 3 came on, and I was missing, you know, I was missing One Life, and I got into GH, and it got so good that it's And um, so, I mean, I am a Todd fan, and I love Todd, and, and I love Roger Howard as Todd, but I think the, most of the people that are angry are angry because they've seen Franco and they. They've seen the terrible damage they did to the canvas, and they don't like how it's being whitewashed. And, you know, especially since people are such hardcore fans of Sam, and, you know, and there's so many... The GH fans are so dedicated to the mythology of the show and, and what they saw and everything. So I kind of, like, I agree with them on that, but I also want to wait and see. And that's what I posted in a couple of the, the threads this morning on, on Soap Central because I was kind of looking at it where it's like, you know... The way that I put it, and a couple of people said, well, it's not that serious, but I mean, it can be. I said, well, you know, if people don't want these three, you know, actors on GH, what's going to happen is we're going to end up with, you know, General Hospital on Hulu, you know, produced at Prospect Park up here in Connecticut. <laughs> and you're not going to have those three actors because for the most part, they don't want to permanently move to Connecticut. So they're going to get their wish. They're, you know, that's what's going to happen. GH is going to get canceled and it's going to be online and these, these guys aren't going to be on it. You know, and, and, you know, I had people saying, well, it's not that serious. I said, well, if people tune out at this point, it will be that serious. Well, let you know? me ask you, there's a, there's the whole issue of, of bringing Franco back. And it's something that people may not really want to go back and reflect on. But you have to figure that for as many people who love Todd as being the, the, the crazy guy that he is, he, in fact, had a past that involved rape. And if you yeah. look, they've given him another, they've given Roger Howarth another character. Well, it was believed that he had raped, uh, that Franco had raped Sam, but they've now undone that. And he's still involved in, in ordering the assault on Michael. Well, but they it, did that too today. I don't want to spoil I, that, but, you know, and yeah, they didn't see it. I, uh, Fridays, because of the show, I wait until Friday evening after the show to watch, so oh, I'll have so to wait. Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I knew that there were some things coming. I don't have to worry about that. But what I'm saying is it's very interesting to me that you would bring a character in who – and Roger Howarth had a lot of, of personal things where in his, in his real life people were saying things that were troubling because of his character. Yeah. It's interesting that they would bring him in, have those ties to a character uh, that has the sort of same general crimes going on. But now they're undoing it, sort of, which some fans had accused One Life to Live of trying to do with Todd at one point in time. So it's right. it's really interesting. There's a lot of similarities there that I see that are quite jarring to me. Well, that's what's interesting, too, because people forgave Todd, but it took, you know, years. I mean, he, even his redemption in the 90s, it really didn't come full circle. It actually, if you it, to be technical, didn't totally come full circle. I mean, you can see on One Life to Live, even now online, you know, Bo still doesn't trust him with the whole Victor thing. You know, um, there's a lot of things that, you know, people did not forget. You know, he did kind of go into, you know, assimilate himself into Landview society, you know, but it took decades to get to that point. And, you know, some of the really bad things they did, you know, like the, the so-called rape mass were undone with the Victor reveal, but, you know, all the stuff in the 90s, I mean, they keep pointing it out. But with, with Franco, they seem to be undoing it almost to the point where Todd did more 
bad things, including rape, that Frankel did not do. And it's almost like they're rushing it just so they can get him back with Carly, you know, or to, to get that storyline back to where it was before they had to change it. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting that they would do that. And I wonder how that affects Roger personally, because like you said, he was attacked and they tried to turn Todd into his leading man, you know, almost overnight. And, and he was very disturbed by that. I mean, it could certainly be that this is one of the things they promised him when they brought him back. Like, listen, we're not going to have you have to deal with any of that stuff. We'll get rid of it. We'll give you a new character and, and a fresh new start. But I don't know that we'll obviously ever know that particular answer. But, Vicky, I want to thank you for calling and allowing us to discuss all those sort of different nooks and crannies about this character. Yeah, no problem. I'll be on the board. Thanks. Perfect. Thank you, Vicky. <laughs> we are going back to Canada. It's someone who must have heard her ears burning when we were talking about her from our first caller we have angela on the line angela welcome to soap central live hi dan how are you today i'm fine my ears were burning it was in a good way it was certainly it was in a good way it was nothing bad we don't talk about uh, our callers and our fans badly here on the show just me and some of the other people. Um, so we want to talk about the young and the restless i'm assuming that there is something that uh, maybe has has got your attention that prompted you to want to call in other than me just talking about you. <laughs> yeah, actually a couple of things. Um, first, the Michelle Stafford exit and something else about the Nick and Summer paternity storyline. Um, but in regards to Michelle, it's going to be a huge loss for the show, I think. And like you said before, if you love hate Phyllis or if you hate Phyllis, you can't deny that Michelle is an extremely talented actress, and it's just going to be a huge loss for the show, I, I think. I agree. It takes, a, it takes a very fine performer to generate so much love or so much hate, I think. Yeah, and I'm also wondering, um, she said she wants to do other projects, but I'm wondering how much it has to do with the loss of Jeannie Cooper and all the airtime that the new characters are getting, too, if some of that's generated with her decision. I would certainly think that that would play into uh, account. I mean, you look over at The Bold and the Beautiful, Susan Flannery and uh, Ron Moss have both said that that was maybe an underlying factor, that they realized that the shows have moved to a new generation, that maybe they weren't as front and center and as important as they would need to be, so that that might be the time to step out, to bow out gracefully. And I know that most people, I mean, if you have a, a big story and you're planning to leave, there are a lot of people, if they're leaving on good terms, they'll let the writers know ahead of time that they're planning to leave and they can craft something. Uh, I don't think any of them would leave if they were in the middle of a huge, huge storyline. So, I mean, people are going to read into it whatever they want, and hopefully Michelle Stafford will speak out. We've reached out to her to hopefully get her here on the show in the near future, and maybe she can address some of these questions that people have for herself rather than letting us all speculate. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> um, my other comment was about Nick and this big secret that he's been hanging on to for, let's say, eight or nine years in real life and 18 years in soap life. <laughs> a long okay. time either way. <laughs> but, it is. Uh, yeah, so it's been a long time, and I think when it's just going to explode, when it all comes to a head, it's just it's going to affect so many people, Sharon, Phyllis, Noah, Adam, well, not so much Adam, but Victor, Nick, you know, all of them, Avery, it's just so many people are going to be affected by it, and I'm really looking forward to it. That's sort of how I feel, and I agree with you, and I'll be anxious to hear why. 
Um, but for me, I like stories that really affect a large chunk of the, the population of a show and then that they can come up with sub stories. You know, that's why they call it an umbrella story. But I like that idea. Is that sort of what goes on in your mind? Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't think they're going to write this big story and then have Summer turn out to be Nick's after all. Like, I think she's going to be Jack's. Um, so it's, yeah, it's definitely going to affect a lot of people. Well, I'm looking calling- forward to it. I, I am too, and uh, you were talking about affecting a lot of people. Certainly calling into this show and sharing your thoughts affects a lot of people, everybody <laughs> out there who's listening. So I'm glad that it wasn't just us talking about you, that you were able to call in and talk for yourself. So thanks so much, Ange, for calling in. Yes, thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. We are going to talk about The Bold and the Beautiful. We have two more callers before the end of the show. We're going to have to try to make these as quick as we can. We have Jay from Brooklyn. Jay, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hey, Dan. Oh, it's so bad. I only got a little bit of time. Oh, I was waiting. And, and but, we have um, one other caller. We have David from Columbus, Ohio, who wants to call in as well. So we got to make this maybe a couple of minutes here. What on the Bold and the Beautiful has got you wanting to talk? Oh, man. I mean, you oh, so much, but Brooke. <laughs> I, it's so, it's okay. crazy. I got to call back next week. I have to because I can, I can make it quick. But um, yeah, Brooke, I, I'm just sort of fed up with her. First off, thank you for the Hulu, the thing that you sent me. You know, you were the, the winner. Our lucky winner. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. I know the emails was a little, you know, crazy, but anyway, we fixed it and it works and thank you. Anyway, <laughs> um, the, yeah, the Brooke, her justifying everything, I, I just, I, I, again, um, I'm just dumbfounded. I'm, almost, I'm about to lose, I can't really do Bone and Beautiful right now because um, the Brooke and Hope are justifying everything. They're just going around hurting people and just sort of saying, well, this is what it is. And, I think the way Brooke is, I mean, um, Hope is treated and Steffi is so horrific. You know, the girl, first of all, I'm not, I am Team Steffi, but I can see her flaws. And I've seen that she does some things that were not very nice. But um, she has never gone up to somebody when they lost a baby and say, hey, even when um, Katie was having problems, she had sympathy for her and she couldn't stand Katie. So for Hope to do what she's doing, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. And for Brooke to sleep with her sister's, um, husband get pregnant, uh, justify that she's postpartum. I, I, it's too much. And then um, uh, what's her name? Taylor is the kicking bag, and I would love to know more about that. But again, I got to call her next week to find out what's Hunter Taylor doing because it's getting heated, and now she's going to be off and on. And oh, so it's crazy. It is crazy. That's part of the reason that I love the soaps because you never know what to expect and certainly you never know what's going to resonate with a, a viewer. Something that maybe it seems like 90% of the people like, maybe the person who doesn't like it calls in here and, and shares it. And, and certainly there are people who feel so strongly about, particularly about Brooke, there are people who seem to either love her or hate her. It doesn't seem like there's someone who's indifferent to her. And I guess the same applies to uh Taylor as well. So we'll make you keep your word to call in next week when we have some more time to talk about that stuff and just okay. let you vent and get all of this. Yes. Oh, I had your, to because you know you, I think your show has been. It's been I think a certain, it was on hiatus or something. Like you couldn't call in. And you had special shows. Like oh my god, I got to talk because it's been getting crazy and nobody well, else is doing it. So thank you, folks. <laughs> folks wanted to have the call in shows so they could express their opinions. You know, we try to bring the interviews, but we heard a lot of requests that fans want to be able to call in as well. So we're trying to mix it up. I'm glad that people took me up on the offer and are calling in today. And yeah. I want to thank you again, Jay, for calling in. All right. We have one last caller. We have a couple of moments here. We're going to go to Ohio to talk to David about General Hospital. David, welcome to Soap Central Live. 
Hey, Dan, thanks for having me on. I listen to your show all the time, and I follow you on Facebook, and I really enjoy you, so just want to get that out the way. Well, thank you. I was going to take your call anyway, even if you didn't have anything nice to say. So Okay, I'm, I'm, well, well that's, so not, I, that's to you, but as far as General Hospital, I don't have much nice to say, and I'll just go into it. I am so... I'm thoroughly disgusted by the whole Franco reveal as Roger Howard playing Franco. I just think it's ridiculous. And it's really nothing against Roger because um, I followed him. I followed him back when he first started on One Life as Todd, and I thought he was one of the most outstanding actors. But I guess one critique for him, I'd say he plays Todd no matter what role he plays. So just because he's playing Franco, he's still Todd. When he was on As the World Turns as Paul Ryan, he, he still was still just Todd. a watered-down kind of version of Todd there. But I think my biggest complaint goes against Cartini, um, you know, Frank Valentini and Ron Calavati, because I think the whole thing of them bringing all three of these characters, actors, to to General Hospital at a time when General Hospital was about to get canceled, I think that was extremely unethical of them to do it, especially keeping up the same characters that they were on One Lap to Live, because General Hospital's history had been decimated, a lot of their vets had been pushed aside, the show was basically turned over to the sunny character of Maurice Bernard, and General Hospital needed a resurgence of its own history and its own characters. Now, I know there have been actors that bounce around soaps. I've watched over 14 soaps in my lifetime on network, so I love soaps from soaps. But what what was wrong with this was it just felt like he was basically trying to continue One Life to Live on General Hospital, and it just seemed well, so unethical. Let me interrupt on that, and let me ask, though, and we only have about a minute for this answer, uh, so okay. let me say, and we'll certainly, I'd love to have you back as well to maybe talk about this more in depth when we have time. Yeah, and I'd don't be very you, happy to. Go ahead. Wouldn't you think, though, that if it, the bringing over those three characters did bring over One Life to Live fans and allowed the show to have a boost in ratings, wasn't that good, though, to, then to rather have the show go and be canceled to at least extend its life. Well, no, no, because because looks what happened. Whenever the ratings have went up, they've fallen back down again. And like I said, the bottom line is this is not 1980 back when 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 ABC ruled the roost. When so many viewers would sit there from off from Ryan's Hope all the way through to the end of General Hospital and watch the whole block. It wasn't that way. The ratings of ABC went far, far down, and not everyone watched One Life to Live. So, I mean, it, it wasn't fair to the GH fans because a lot of GH fans were not familiar with the One Life actors, and it wasn't fair to the One Life to Live fans because... Cartini didn't really completely integrate those characters into the show. And the One Life to Live fans, they didn't want, you know, Michael Easton and Kelly Monaco to get together because they still wanted to see John McBain with Natalie. They watched Waiting for Years for that to happen, and then the show got canceled. And they're like, heck no, keep him away from Kelly Monaco. We want him. He's got his child and everything. And, you know, Christian Alderson, they had to kill off stars, you know, her baby and her, and her boyfriend. A lot of One Life to Live fans hated that. So really... To me, it was it, it was a it was a lose situation for both fans because they they weren't able to satisfy the fans on either end. Well, and let me tell like you, some- you're talking about the cancellations and what have you. If I go over my time, they will cancel me immediately. <laughs> so we're gonna go. have to dun 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 to be continued and tune in next <laughs> time and let you oh, cool. uh, have more to say, David. Cool, but thanks, thanks a lot, Dan. <laughs> I always love listening to your show, and thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely, and like I said, we will let you finish hopefully at a later date. Thanks so much, David. Okay, thanks. Talk to you later.
All right, everybody, you made good on your promise. You requested these shows, the call-in shows. You've called in, so it means that we'll be able to do these more often and try to get everybody in, as many people as possible, to talk about all the things they want to on their favorite soaps. I want to thank everybody who called in today to share their thoughts with me. I also want to thank everybody who followed along on Twitter, who's listening in the archives, who is thinking about calling in in the future. If you missed any part of today's show, if you want to listen to it again, head over to our archives at SoapCentral.com slash radio. While you're there, you can listen to any of the shows that we've broadcast in the past, either stream them, you can listen to them on demand, you can download them and take them with you somewhere later when you're away from your computer to listen to at the gym or on the bus, wherever it is you are. Remember, the Daytime Emmys are coming up, so on Friday, June 14th, we'll be airing our special Daytime Emmys prediction show. You'll hear from me and some of the other soap pundits as we predict who we think is going to win a Daytime Emmy. But for now, we're out of time for this week, so I hope that you'll tune in next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for another edition of Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.